I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group. I work with leaders to ensure they have the organizational talent and culture they need to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy. I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I'll share conversations I've had with leaders who have found that balance, who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are true legacy leaders. In some episodes, I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I am a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. This episode continues the Leading in Crisis series of this podcast, where I'm talking to legacy leaders about how they're leading their teams in our current reality. That reality is leading during a pandemic, something probably none of us have experience with. For more information on this series, I recommend listening to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already. Welcome to today's episode of This is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Today, I am speaking with Gail, who is the HR leader for a consumer packaged goods company. I've known Gail for a number of years. I had the opportunity to work for her, and she has continued to be a friend and an amazing mentor to me throughout the years and throughout my career. So Gail, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm really happy to have you on here. Start by asking you, how are you doing today? Today, I think I'm pretty good. I am just trying to take it, you know, one day at a time. I think that's the best that uh, we can ask for right now, trying to accept what comes with each day because sometimes it's pretty unpredictable. And I think some days are better than others. I think, you know, every day we're just, I know I'm trying to be adaptable and flexible with what comes. I work for a food company and our frontline workers are essential workers. Situation has brought a whirlwind with it and the velocity of change is crazy. You know, some days it's really uh, challenged to pay attention to everything that's coming at you to balance the messages and paying attention to what's important during the day because things are shifting so quickly. And then you have to turn it off, you know, at the end of the day or when you're oversaturated with information and not all information is important. We're making inroads into um, how to balance uh, all of what's coming at you and sift through it and then determine how you're going to respond. You know, there's no playbook for this situation. And every day we've had to make really important decisions that have a lot of impact. And we're doing that with limited information. So it's kind of a a gut feel. Can I ask what you've been using as your guiding principles as you determine what is most important and what to give attention to and what to maybe let, let go of a little bit? 
Well, I think our principles are uh, the health uh, and safety and wellness of our employees and our customers is most important uh, because we have employees that interact with customers all across the United States every single day. We are putting those things first and making sure that our guiding mantra is at the end of the day, we're just as a leadership team asking ourselves, have I done everything I can today? to make sure that I'm fulfilling my promise to our employees and to our customers. But if we keep asking ourselves that question, like, have we done everything we can? And are we operating with the kind of transparency and constant communication that helps de-risk the situation? Then I feel like we can answer that. You've been in your role as an HR leader in multiple organizations, obviously had to manage and, and lead multiple difficult situations, probably none quite like this. So I'm curious as to what for you personally has been most challenging during this time and what have you learned about yourself as a leader as you've been going through this? Yeah, I try to focus on uh, what's really positive about it. I do tend to be a glass half full uh, kind of person. So for me, like every day is take your dog to work day because You know, I'm constantly surrounded by dogs and my husband and my daughter, and we're all trying to balance bandwidth on our internet, but also stay out of each other's way, but be together and supportive of each other in new and different ways as well. That has been um, actually kind of a blessing. You know, I feel fortunate to be able to go through this with others and not feel so isolated. But what I've learned, uh, a couple of things I've learned is like, you know, I've had to develop new rituals because Every day driving into the office is a ritual and, you know, you drink your coffee, you're in your car, you're walking into your office. There's a ritual of when you arrive there and, you know, what you're doing. And then the same thing at the end of the day. And so I think it's really easy to get sucked into turning on your computer at seven o'clock in the morning, not turning it off until seven or eight at night. And that certainly has happened to me over the last couple uh, weeks, but I've worked hard on developing some new rituals and making some promises to myself. One is that I'll work out in some way five days a week. You know, I'm doing a lot more yoga. My yoga mat is always open behind my desk chair if I feel the need to take a break for a couple minutes, uh, which is usually what that looks like. Try to walk dogs at the end of the day um, as kind of that demarcation point, like I day is ending and I'm getting outside, I'm getting fresh air and I'm taking a break from the physical space that I operate in. And those, those things have been helpful to be able to develop those rituals. So you have some sense of routine, but I also think that being grateful, I'm very grateful. Our company is so busy. We are fully engaged every day. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, you know, I'm here with the people that I love and can make sure that they're okay and that we're all, you know, we're all still working and we're still um, completely engaged. You know, when I think about my team, it has created a, a really different kind of way for us to work. First of all, I think we're all in a place where we have to be more transparent with each other. When you're on video conferences, somebody's kids are going to run through the room. Somebody's dog's going to bark. Somebody's spouse is going to walk behind you, which happens to me like at least once a day. And it actually creates a, a really interesting sense of authenticity amongst the team. Humility, because we're all just being messy together um, as we're trying to navigate this. I think though all of those have been kind of welcoming. They've been 
transitions, but but they've been, I think, really kind of energizing for the team as well. What you said about just that authenticity, there's no way to hide that right now. And I think that that is going to have long lasting impacts on teams and how they work together and how they, you know, the relationships that they have with their leaders as well. You know, I loved what you were saying too about ritual. We don't necessarily have awareness of the rituals that we have on a daily basis until they're taken away from us. Then we lose those rituals and we are kind of left adrift. The thoughtfulness, and one of the things I have always appreciated about you is is your thoughtfulness and your mindfulness, that thoughtfulness to say, okay, I had a ritual and now it's gone and I really need to establish a new one for this period of time can help create some sense of stasis that maybe otherwise wouldn't be there. And again, like you said, to have those boundaries as well, like right now, everything's blended. Home is blended with work. How can you have those, you call them lines of demarcation to say when something starts and when something begins, because otherwise it blends so much together that it feels like you're never out of it. And when you're in a time of crisis, when you're in a time of extreme pressure, you know, really needing to make sure that you're being super responsive, that not having those lines and those boundaries can cause such an incredible pressure that it can just add to the chaos that's going on. What are some of the things that your team is doing as an HR team to really band together and be that emotional leader for the organization? That's a great question. I'd say a couple things. Number one, I don't think that you can give that kind of emotional support unless you're getting it. And so I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really appreciated about how the team has come together is to be able to be that for each other. I, I think our teams are talking a lot more and as I said, a lot more frequently. And there's a lot more recognition that people are starting to do on just a natural course of business. It's not you know, a forced recognition, you got to give somebody a card or, you know, sometimes there were like point systems and things like that. This is just real time recognition in the middle of meetings. People are saying to each other, I really appreciate what you did there. This was really great work. That is the, you know, they're saying that is a great point. That is the right decision for us to make. I appreciate your input. There's so much more of that that is just happening naturally amongst the team, whether that's the leadership team that I'm a part of or whether it's my direct team, that I think is kind of the groundswell of us just wanting to be better people during this time and providing that kind of support to each other. As I said, the things that are really hard right now is as we make decisions, there isn't enough time to make those decisions and people are making mistakes. You know, we were working on an analysis and we had to have it done in a couple hours because we had to make some decisions around some investments that we were going to make uh, for our frontline employees. And, you know, the spreadsheets we pulled together, there were some mistakes in there. Right now, we just acknowledge that, kind of laugh about it and say, yeah, well, if we had, you know, if we had a couple more days, uh, we'd have a 25-page PowerPoint and we would have answered all the questions in advance of receiving them and we've thought through all the angles and scenarios. We don't have that luxury today. So I think everyone is just giving each other more grace 
And I think if leaders do that, then it gives room for all of their employees to feel like, you know, they're not going to be judged, first of all, when we're making mistakes and we're moving at this crazy pace. And I think the other thing the team is doing is is reinforcing with each other. Like, you know, this is, um, these are uncharted territory. This is uncharted waters. We are going to do the best that we can. We had an all team meeting where we shared um, not just the business results, but, you know, kind of the open, the openness with these are all the things that we have done. And these are all the things that we're still struggling with in terms of how we make the decisions and stick to our promise um, for our employees and our customers and answer that question of have we done everything that we can. We're learning that communication and consistent communication is so critical that when we go kind of what we call go dark, we know our employees and just because human behavior, people fill in the blanks with uh, assumptions or their own stories or the stories they tell themselves in their head. And, um, and then sometimes it takes a lot longer to get people off of that story and back into the reality. So the more that we can communicate, the more frequently we can communicate, the better that will be. I really like what you're talking about regarding, you know, that communication and that transparency, because as you were starting to talk through that, what you went on to say is exactly where, where my head was going. If you do not give people information in a time of stress and chaos, they will make up a story to fill in the blank. And now you have to unspin that story. So even though it can be harder to be transparent as much as possible and to have those communications on a frequency that is reasonable for the business and that also is meeting the needs of the employees, the more that you can do that, the less you're going to have to find yourself unspinning a story that isn't true. So what you and the team are doing there, I think is going to not only help prevent swirl, it's also going to build an incredible sense of trust. Not that there wasn't one there already, it will build upon that sense of trust and that loyalty, and that's going to have long-term effects on the organization. Speaking of long-term effects in the organization, I wanted to ask for your sense on, on something that you said. You had mentioned about how you know you guys are having to move really quickly, and maybe you don't have all the information, and you might make a mistake, but you have to be super nimble. What impact do you think that that is going to have on the organization long-term? Oh, that's a great question. In fact, uh, we were just talking about that as a leadership team uh, over the last couple of days. It is it is changing our culture. It's uh, definitely changing our culture, and we want it to. It is what we are right now as a team talking about, and I've asked for the team to think about, and this is our leadership team, you know, what have you learned during this period of time, whether that's about yourself or whether that's about how we operate as a company that we want to pull forward? And the sense of agility, you know, I talked before about we don't have time for a 25-page PowerPoint. We don't have time for, you know, a 120% analytics on, on a question. We are going sometimes with that 60, 70% of the right data, and it's making us trust our gut more. We know that sometimes we might not get it exactly right, and we've also told ourselves it's okay to then shape and and adjust as we go. So we don't have to be so wed to having, like I said, all the answers and having all the analytics. We've got to be able to 
move more quickly, trust our gut, be more transparent. We are engaging uh, uh, every area of the company in uh, what we call a rapid response team, but to be able to adjust and pivot as quickly as we can. And it's also teaching them like uh, down through the organization that it's okay for us to move quickly and to be uh, this, this nimble, agile, and we're going to get it wrong sometimes, and that's going to be okay. Now, I would say that's really been hard for me because I, I'm much more of a perfectionist, and I'm a thinker, and I like to think through all the scenarios and the options, and I like to frame things up. And you know what? I don't have time to do that right now. And I've had to let go for myself even of some of those tendencies that I've had to want to, uh, I want to be buttoned up, and I can't. I think those are, are elements of what's happening right now that um, we intentionally want to take forward to be able to shape our culture as we come out the end of it. I think we all know things will never be the same, you know, as we as we end this, whenever this ends. <laughs> and it is actually uh, really comforting to know that we now we don't want it to be. We we will find. I think there's uh, someone said never uh, fail to see the possibilities in a crisis. And we want to see and capture those possibilities and be able to leverage those because I I think you never know what you can do until you have to. And now that we are building this muscle, we got to be able to use it as we go forward. What an incredible growth and learning experience in the face of a really difficult situation. I mean, it's a, you know, you guys are in an industry that is not necessarily known for speed to innovation, right? It's an industry that is, you know, you, there's a lot of market research, there's a lot of testing. So it is a very deliberate, innovative industry, and you are having to be innovative on the fly. And you're right, it's building a different muscle that is going to continue, you know, with the leadership team that you have to really have an incredible benefit on the business long-term. So like you said, something positive coming out of a challenging situation. So the last question I'll ask you, Gail, what's one piece of advice that you would give to other leaders as they're leading through this time of crisis? I always think, you know, I've always historically thought that one of the jobs of leading is to help people make sense of what's happening around them, whether that's your long-term strategy or the decisions you're making as a company, or in this case, trying to make sense of what's happening all around us and the risks that we're all facing. I think it's okay. In fact, it's important that at this moment in time, leaders share their vulnerability, their own vulnerability um, and the messiness of what uh, what we're all going through. Nobody is immune to it and nobody is sheltered from it. And so I think the more that we can show kind of our own journey through it, our own vulnerability, we're all worried about our, our moms and dads, our aunts and uncles, uh, our network of people, Everyone has that same fear. And to be able to talk about that and to say what I'm worried about, and then also to be able to make sense of it and say, well, then I think these are some of the steps that I know I'm taking, that um, others are taking to, to make it through this crisis situation. And that level of, I guess, 
humility or authenticity, then the more it makes possible for everybody else around you. You know, I said before, you know, we've learned that we don't, we don't have to have all the answers and we are going to make mistakes. And the more that we articulate that, the more it makes it okay for others to do that too. And I think that's, that's what everybody needs right now. We have enough judgment in the world around us on a regular basis. You know, we need to not have judgment of each other during this time. And the more care we show, the more people will be able to kind of navigate these difficult times. It is so absolutely true and not surprising to me at all to hear you sharing that piece of advice, knowing you as well as I do. Okay, I'll thank you so much for spending the time on this podcast with me today. I am so grateful that you are there leading that team and as part of that leadership team, they are very lucky to have you. Um, I'm very lucky to know you and have had you uh, have had you as a friend and mentor during my career. So thanks so much for giving me and our listeners a little bit of your time today. Thank you, Cynthia. It's been a pleasure. I love working with you. And it's actually been really fun to have an opportunity to reflect a little more and think about it. So I appreciate the opportunity. That wraps up this episode of This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader who I should have on this podcast, use the contact me page on my website and drop me a note. Thank you again and be well.